Paul said this, what is the mystery of the gospel? It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I'm glad Jesus lives within me. Good to see you this morning. Good to be in the house of God. From Luke chapter number one, I want to preach you a message, some things that are most surely believed. Some things that are most surely believed. Let's begin reading. In verse number one of Luke chapter one, for as much, Luke says, as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely, underline that, believed among us, even as they delivered them unto us from, from the beginning, which were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things, from the very first to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, that thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. Let's pray. Father, this morning, we've come, to, we've come from the farm and the field and the factories. We've come from our jobs and our homes. We've come from different backgrounds and places this morning. And we have assembled ourselves on this creek to worship you, to hear from heaven. And God, I pray that the Spirit of God now would move in each and every heart that you'd feed us from your precious word. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want you to look back at some words. In verse number one, you'll see the word declaration. You, you'll see some words in verse number one called surely believe. That surely is an adverb that describes what we believe. We don't just believe. Luke says, we surely believe. Verse number two, he uses a key word there called eyewitnesses. I surely believe what these eyewitnesses have seen. Verse number three, he said, we've written some things down in order. We surely believe these things that are written down. Look at verse four, there's some certainty. Hey, I got news for you this morning. There are some things uh, that I certainly believe. There's some things that I surely believe. Uh, he uses the word instruction. In just four short verses, we've been given a declaration, Luke said. I'm glad we've got a declaration of independence when we separated off from King Charles. Amen. If y'all watched that this week, King Charles is over 70 years old and he finally got a job. Amen. Been living... <laughs> Been living with his mommy for over 70 years, but he finally got a job. Hey, I'm glad we declared freedom from them, but I'm glad there's a declaration this morning. I hold in my hand the declaration of independence from sin, from Satan, from the flesh, and from the world. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. And so here he says there, we've made a declaration, an explicit statement. He said there are some things here that we surely believe. Let me tell you something. If you're saved... There's some things that you surely believe. And if, and if the devil can steal away from you the things that you surely believe, uh, he can change your mind, he can change your heart, and he can wreck your life. Somebody say amen. amen. We are to surely believe the Bible, these principles of faith, the doctrines of the Bible, the canons of doctrine, the precepts of the Word of God. I have this morning some firmly held convictions, amen. I'm not going to let those go, praise God. Here's what we believe in this book. We believe about Christ, what we believe about God, what we believe about salvation, what we believe about life, dear friend. Uh, those beliefs make us what we are. Somebody said you are what you eat. Let me tell you the truth. You are what you believe. 
and you make your decisions based on what you believe. And you better eat, yes sir, you better be hungry for the Word of God. For it's the Word of God that will develop your character. It's the Word of God that will lead you and give you divine guidance in your decisions. You and I make decisions based on what is right and based on what is wrong, based on our perceptions of life. The truth is, friend, what you believe. I've got some firmly held persuasions this morning. Hey, friend, and when Jesus Christ, as Mary sang, or when she, when Jesus Christ came into my heart and into my life, he caused me to believe the word of God. Amen. Yes, sir, I've got some things I believe. Let me tell you something. The devil wants to attack what you believe. If he can change what you believe, he can just change your decision-making process. If he can change what you believe, he can change your critical thinking skills. If he can change what you believe, he can change your problem resolution skills. If he can change what you believe, he'll change who you are at the very core of who you are. I'm not going to change, friend. There are some things that I surely believe. Let me give you three things quickly. You are a product of your upbringing. You're a product. The, the tending that we get, our parents foster us in what they believe. The Bible says train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he won't depart. Not shall go. He may not go that way. It said train him up in the way he should go. I'm going to tell you something. My kids didn't always want to hear what I had to say, but I told them right, praise God. Train up a child in the way he should go. You're a product of your parents and your training at home. Somebody say amen. You're a product of your education and your academics. The tending that we get and the teaching that we get in our education system develops our paradigms, helps form our critical thinking skills. It is the what we use, our experiences next, and it's what we use to get an outcome. We take our experience and we apply our experience to problems and we gain an outcome. So we are a product of our upbringing, we are a product of our education, and we are a product of our experience. But let me tell you something, friend, we all, the thing that ought to affect us the most is the product of, be a product of the word of the living God. Amen. We ought to be a product of God's word. We ought, our outcome of our life ought to be based not on what daddy thought or what mama thought. Amen. The product of our life shouldn't be based on what our education and our teachers taught us. The product of our life should not be from our experience. Friend, you can experience some false things in life. The product of our life ought to be based on the word of God. Amen. And so we're a product. The truth is what we believe. It should be based on what we believe. That's why Luke uses these words like declaration, surely believed, eyewitness, written down in order, certainty, instruction. He uses those things. Luke was a doctor. He was trained in medicine. Luke was trained in the finest facilities of the day. Luke had critical thinking skills. Luke saw the finest things of the day through his paradigms and his education. But Luke said, let me tell 
tell you what I'm convinced of. He said, there are some things and I'm going to set it down in order. I've looked at these things and he said, even he said here in verse 3, he said, I saw these things perfectly from the beginning or he understood through his trained observation. He began watching the Lord Jesus Christ and the life of Christ. He said, I'm going to set these things down in order, some things that I surely believe. I have a seasoned observation, Luke is saying. Can I tell you something? I just believe what Luke wrote. Amen. Amen. I don't just believe it because Luke wrote it. He wrote it on the basis of his training, his education, who he was, his character. I believe he told us the truth about Jesus Christ, don't you? But I don't not only believe it because Luke said it, I believe it because Luke was inspired to say it. Amen. That brings me to my first point. Uh, I believe seven things. I'm going to preach them quickly. Here we go. That was just my introduction. That wasn't the message. Amen. Here we go. Number one, I believe in the Word of God. I believe, here's some big 50 cent words for you. You can throw them away if you want to. I believe in the plenary verbal inspiration of the Bible. Amen. I not only believe in the plenary verbal inspiration of the Bible, I believe in the plenary verbal preservation of the Bible. And what are you saying, preacher? I believe that this book is God-breathed. Amen. The Bible says, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. The Bible says that every word of God is pure. I believe this Bible is God-breathed. That's what inspiration means when you look it up in the Greek it means it's God breathed. I believe it's God inspired and God preserved. David said of his word, thou shalt preserve these words from this generation forever. I believe as I hold a King James Bible, amen, a King James Bible in my hand, I believe it is God's inspired, preserved word for English speaking people. Amen, preacher. Not just inspiration, but preservation. Hey, Jesus said, for verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass away, not one jot or tittle of the law shall pass till all be fulfilled. What is a jot and a tittle? A jot is the dot of an I, a tittle is the cross of a T. Hey, I believe God inspired every word in this book. Uh, I believe he inspired the commas and the periods and the semicolons and the dots and the crosses. Amen. I believe my Bible there is most surely believed to me to, believe, to be the word of God. Amen. Praise God. Jesus said this, Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Peter said this, but the word of the Lord endureth forever, and this is the word by which the gospel is preached unto you. Nothing should influence my decisions, my critical thinking skills, my direction in life. Nothing should influence that other than the word of God. Don't care what kind of education, experience, or academics I've got, the Word of God should be my rule of thumb. Amen. Number two, I'm going to go quickly. I believe in creation's account. I believe the Bible says, if I believe the Bible, then I've got to believe it. In beginning in Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1, it says, in the beginning, God. Amen. I believe in the beginning, God. That's all I need to know. Not in the beginning, a big bang. Amen. Let me say that again. Not in the beginning, a big bang. Try blowing something up. Blow up your car and see what's created. Blow up this church and see what's created. Amen. 
Hey, a tornado cannot go through a junkyard and create a 747. Amen, preacher. Hey, I believe that God, there's an intelligent design. We're not the product. I'm about to get happy. We're not the product of a cosmic accident. Amen, preacher. We're the product of an intelligent God who created us and spoke it into existence. Praise God. I got Holy Ghost chill bumps on that one. Glory to God. You know why the devil wants to attack that? Because he don't want us to know that we're created. He wants us to think we've evolved. Listen, if we were created, we have to answer to the creator. But if scientists want to say that we evolved so they can be their own God, make their own rules, have no accountability, hey, I believe science It's the scientist that I don't trust. Amen, preacher. Praise God. The big bang. Hey, I'm not the product because a cell growed a bump and scratched the bump and growed an arm. Amen. I'm not the product of a proton, electron, and a neutron. I'm the product of Elohim. Amen. God, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Romans 120 says this, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. What's that mean? If you look around, here's exactly what it means. I'm just about to get happy. If you look around, it'll cause you to look up. If you, hey, I'm not going to put my head in a science book and say this all just happened. I don't have no hope after the grave. I don't have no hope after death. I don't have no hope for eternity. No wonder our county and our country is depressed. They don't believe the word of God. Listen, friend, let me tell you something. If you'll surely believe some things this morning, I'm telling you, if you'll surely believe what's in this book, if you'll surely believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, hey, you can have some hope, praise God. You can have some faith. You can have some joy. And you can throw them antidepressants in the trash can. Praise God. Creation's account. Amen. Creation is its own sermon. Let me tell you something. You go out of this church today, and if you can't, them mountains will preach a better sermon than I can. Them trees and them birds and the fish in Gross's Creek can preach a better sermon than me. Hey, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament sheweth his handiwork. Day unto day utter the speech, the, the creation preaches. I believe in the Word of God. I believe, too, in the creation. Number three, I believe in the fashioning of man. The Bible says that the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. Adam was a dust man until God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Amen. I believe if God took the dust bunnies out from under my bed... He could breathe into them the breath of life. Yes, sir. I'd have some giant bunnies around if he did that, praise God. Hey, I believe in the formation and the fashioning of man. I surely believe that when man was formed, man will stand before God.
It was John in the Revelation who said, I saw the great, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from those things written in the book. Amen. God started it and he'll finish it. Jesus said, I am the Alpha and the Omega. That means he is the A to Z. I believe the Creator will become the Completor. Let me say that again. I believe the creator will become the completor. God will end what he started. He'll finish what he created. Uh, Listen to me carefully. God gave you your first breath uh, and you better give him your next breath because it may be your last breath. Amen, preacher. And oh, listen to me carefully. God gave you time, and in that time, you're going to make a decision for eternity. And God has given us enough light to to turn away from darkness and make the eternal right decisions. Amen. Don't get quiet on me, praise God. I'm going to take off my shoes and preach if you Hey, I don't believe, I don't just believe in the word, in creation, in the fashioning of man. I believe in eternity. I believe in eternity. The Bible says, before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hadst formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Amen, preacher. He said this, For a thousand years in thy sight are as but yesterday when it is past, and as a watch in the night. I believe in eternity. Dear friend, there may be a time in the past when you did not exist, but there'll never be a time in the future when you will not exist. You are an eternal being. Amen. You will live forever somewhere. Somebody said, You better not worry about death. You better worry about where you're going to be at. After death, because what matters most is location, location, location. Amen. Praise God. Listen, God, you may say you believe in eternity because Jesus said he'd give everlasting life. But let me tell you something. There's an everlasting death. Hey, it is a place where the fire is not quenched and the worm dieth not. One day God's going to take our eyes and he's going to open the curtains of eternity and we're going to stop seeing in time. We're going to see in eternity. Boy, I tell you what, sometimes my eyes, all they see is time. Amen. All they see is money and a paycheck and what I have and what I, what I own and how I can properly manage it and how I can use that as a good steward and gain more. And that, listen, that's time. God help us this morning to, to take some time and erase time and peel back the curtains and look in eternity. Amen. We're so small-minded. I believe in eternity. That leads me to my next point. I believe in a literal, some things that are surely believed. I believe in a literal burning hell. Not not preached much anymore. Not popular preaching. I believe the rich man, Jesus gave the example. I don't believe it was a parable. The rich man in hell, the Bible says, lifted up his eyes. That means he could see. The Bible says the rich man could feel because he was tormented in the flame. I believe he could feel. The Bible says the rich man could taste because he begged for a drop, just one drop of water. He had a memory, 
because he pleaded to Abraham, go back, go back to earth to my five brothers and tell them not to come to this awful place called hell. He had a memory that rich man could hear in hell because he heard the reply from Abraham, we cannot go back and warn your brothers. There's a great gulf fixed. They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said they wouldn't believe though one rose from the dead. Oh my goodness. Well, I could preach here. Let's move on. The rich man could hear. The rich man could experience because he had a regret that he didn't live for God. Oh, that breaks my heart. The rich man in hell had a regret because he didn't live for God. He, he wasted away his day of salvation. He wasted away his accepted time. What are you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about some things that are surely believed. Don't let the devil tear your doctrine of hell down. It's real. Don't let the devil tear your doctrine of eternity and God and creation and the fashioning of man. Don't you let the devil, you get a hold of some things this morning, praise God that are surely believed. Amen. Glory to God. But I believe in heaven. Amen. Number five, six, whatever I'm on. I believe in heaven, praise God. Amen. Just as sure as there's a creation for man to live down here, there's a creation for man to live yonder. Praise God. Just as sure as there's a place for man to habitate in time, there's a place for man to habitate in the future. And in eternity, Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. I believe that. It surely believed. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, you may be also. You know why it's heaven? Because Jesus is there. You know why it's not because there's streets of gold and gates of pearl and I appreciate all those things, man, what a place and city it's going to be. But I'm glad that Jesus is going to be there. And I want to go there. I don't want to go there so I can take off my shoes and wiggle my toes in gold dust. I want to go there because my Jesus is there. The one who loved me and who died for me and who gave his life for my sin. That's what heaven is. Praise God. Man, just as sure as there's a creation, there's a heaven. Just as sure as there's time, there's eternity. Heaven is more real than earth. I mean, listen. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul said this. He had a, Paul was stoned. If you go back and study where 2 Corinthians 12 came from, Paul was stoned. And he was stoned to death. And Paul had an after-death experience. And he said this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, that he was caught up to the third heaven. The, third, the first heaven is where the birds fly. The second heaven is where the astronauts go. But the third heaven is the dwelling of God. And Paul said, I didn't just go in the air. I didn't just go into the universe and into space. Uh, I went to the third heaven, into the dwelling place of God. And he said, what I, he said, he said this, whether in the body, I don't know, or whether out of the body. I, Paul said, I don't know if I was still alive, if I was dead, but this I know, I went to heaven. 
Wow. You say, preacher, do you believe in after-death experiences? I believe Paul had one. I sure do. I believe Paul, and he called that place uh, paradise. And he said, there I heard unspeakable words that it is unlawful for a man to utter. Paul said, I can't even tell you what I heard in heaven. You think about that. Caught up to the third heaven, caught up to paradise. He said, I went there, but he said this. <laughs> After he got back, he said, of such an one will I glory. You know who he's talking about? Jesus Christ. He said, I'm such an one. He said, when I went to, I'm not coming back to glory in my preaching. I'm not coming back to glory in my doctrine, to glory in my ministry, to glory in earthly things. Uh, he said, I've been there. I got caught up. I experienced it. And I'm going to tell you what, of such an one will I glory. Amen. I believe if you ever get a glimpse of Jesus Christ, you'll want to glorify him. Uh, you'll want to live your life for him. Uh, you'll want to live your life so that he gets glory. Praise God. Miss Judy Jones told me that many years ago her dad had a heart attack and he died twice on the operating table. And he, he said angels carried him into heaven. And she said before he died, he loved gospel music. He listened to it all the time. But after that experience, she said he came back and he said, I just can't listen to music down here. I've heard some music up there, praise God. And I can't be satisfied with the music that I hear down here now. I'm going to tell you something, friend. What are you saying, preacher? Just as surely I believe there's a heaven, I believe that in, in hell, I believe there's a heaven. Just as sure as I believe in time, I believe in eternity. Just as sure as I believe in earth, I believe in a place called the third heaven, which is God's abode. Amen. You're not going to steal those beliefs. And let me just go on and say this. Uh, of such an one will I glory. Glory in the cross. Amen. Just as sure as there's a heaven, your loved ones are there. Oh, listen, I get, sometimes I've, I've told Lisa, I'll just confess this to you. I mean, I get tired of funerals. Sometimes I've preached four funerals a week, and, and I get weary, and I get tired. Preaching a funeral takes something out of a preacher if he loves his people. I tell you, I get weary and I get tired of death. I get tired of sickness. I get tired of sorrow and heartache and heartbreak. But praise God, there is a land that is fairer than day where there is no death, praise God. There is no sickness. There is no, you say, preacher, do you believe that? It's most surely believed. If I didn't believe it, I'd go over in a graveyard and just lay down myself. Yes, sir. I believe it. The Bible says this. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them to fountains of living waters and God shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes. Praise God. I got six. Here's number six. We're almost through. I believe in miracles. I believe in miracles. I believe when I open my Bible, the first big miracle I see is because of sin. I mean, creation was a miracle, and, and, and the formation of man was a miracle, and we see some miracles in, in, in the Garden of Eden. 
But God, the Bible says that the sin of man, and by Genesis 7, 6 and 7, the sin of man and the wickedness of man had gotten so bad that God couldn't stand it anymore. And it said that God said he was going to miraculously, listen to me carefully, because of man's sin, God was going to miraculously open the windows of heaven. That's the first heaven where the clouds are. He's going to open the windows of heaven and he's going to break up the depths and he's going to flood the earth. Wow. I'm talking about a God big enough to shake this earth. But we read of another miracle there that Noah found grace in the eyes of God. The Bible says that Noah built an ark to the saving of his house. I believe that ark was a miracle. I believe it was a miracle boat. I don't believe it had a bow. I don't believe it had a rudder. I don't believe it's anything like you see what up there in Kentucky. I believe it's just a square floating barge filled with stinky animals. Amen. But you hear me. God rescued Noah in that miracle. And today, you know where we're living? We're living in a flood of sin. We are. Oh, my I, I, I tell you, I get nauseated. I'm literally, I get sick at my stomach over the things that are going on in our country today. I don't want to start preaching on sin, but Lord have mercy. If you just look at your newspaper, all of this liberal stuff that's going on, people don't even know what gender they are anymore. We don't know if we're a human or an animal. We don't know if we evolved or if there's a God. We don't, I mean, we, listen, we've become fools in this country. But I believe in a miracle of salvation. <laughs> in the midst of all this wickedness, in the midst of all this sin, in the midst of all this cursing and drinking and bad decisions, and Lord have mercy, what all's going on? I believe in the miracle of salvation. I believe that Jesus still reaches down and he still forgives sin. I believe Jesus still reaches down miraculously and washes with his blood. I believe, boy, I feel the Spirit of God. I believe in the salvation of God and it's a miracle I believe it still goes on preacher do you really believe that I sure do I believe God delivered the people from Israel with ten plagues on the nation of Egypt. I believe God miraculously led millions of people through the desert and miraculously fed them for 40 years. I believe that God miraculously put them in Canaan. I believe that David took five smooth stones and killed a giant. I believe that. Surely believe that. I believe that Elijah prayed and the God of heaven rained down fire from above. I believe that Daniel was in the lion's den. I believe that Jonah was in the belly of a whale. Hey, I believe that Jesus Christ, as Luke was about to tell us in Luke chapter 1, that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. Amen. Not a good woman. Amen. A virgin. Not an impure woman, a virgin. Hey, I believe that same Jesus healed the sick, multiplied the bread, calmed the stormy waters. Uh, hey, not only did he calm them stormy waters, but he walked on top of those stormy waters. Uh, I believe that Jesus spoke to a dead man and he rose from the grave. I believe Jesus touched a blind uh, man and he saw again. Uh, I believe that a woman touched the hem of his garment and was made whole. I'm talking about some things things that I surely believe. I believe in miracles. 
I believe in miracles because I've seen them happen. I've seen them happen to me. Praise God. Hey, Logan, where are you at? I believe God can shrink brain tumors. <laughs> yes, sir. Dickie, I believe God can heal COVID. Praise God even at the point of death. Brother Jackie, I believe God can heal four-stage cancer. <laughs> right here, praise God. What are you saying, preacher? I believe in miracles because the Bible's a book of miracles. I believe in miracles because our God is a God of miracles. I believe in miracles because I've experienced them myself. And I've seen it right here in this church. I prayed with a lady. I'm not going to mention her name. She might be embarrassed. I don't care about embarrassing you other three. Amen. I went to the hospital and she was eat up with cancer. I mean, they went in and they had to scrape the cancer from her bones. I didn't believe she'd make it. You know what? I prayed a prayer. I'm not even sure I prayed a prayer in complete faith because I thought, Lord, have mercy. This looks bad. But you know what? She's still going, praise God. Why, preacher? Let me tell you something. If you need a miracle this morning, I'm not a miracle worker, but I know one who is. Praise God. I, I don't have any power in me, but I'm going to tell you there's one that's got power this morning to save you, to solve your problems, uh, to give you those critical thinking skills. Uh, I know one this morning that can heal you and give you what you need, and his name, let me give it to you as surely as I believe it, is Jesus. Praise God. Whew, man, I've enjoyed preaching this morning. Man, I've enjoyed preaching this morning. I believe in salvation. I've hit it just a little bit. Let me tell you something. I believe in salvation. I've seen, listen to me carefully. I wasn't going to go here, but I am now. I believe. I've seen it happen. I've watched Jesus change the lives of people. I've seen people, I mean literally people I know were so hooked on drugs, addicted to the illegal. I've seen them bow down at an old-fashioned altar and get up and never take another drug. I've seen them get up and become mommies and daddies and good workers. And I've seen them go from the guttermost to the uttermost. I believe Jesus still saves. I believe in salvation. I believe that that same Jesus that told us here that he was going away said he's going to come back again. Hey, that's the salvation I'm looking for this morning. I'm not looking for the Supreme Court. I'm not looking for Congress. I'm not looking for the President. I'm looking for Jesus Christ this morning. Praise God. Oh, listen. I believe he died. I believe he was buried. I believe he rose again, victorious over death, hell, and the grave. I believe he's seated on the right hand of the glory to God on the right hand of the Father. I believe he's coming again. Oh, when this whole world gets so wicked that God can't stand it no more, just like in Genesis chapter 6 and 7, I believe God's going to say, son, it's time. Go get my children. I believe the eastern sky is going to bust open and Jesus is going to appear and take us home. Praise God. I believe that. I believe he'll save you now. I believe he'll save us later. Praise God. Yes, sir. I believe he ascended back. But listen to this. 
The Bible says in Revelation chapter number 21, the fearful and the unbelieving. What are some things that you surely believe? You say, preacher, I don't believe none of that. Then let's guess what the Bible says. The fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and liars shall have their part in the lake of fire which burneth with brimstone, which is the second death. What do you believe this morning? I know what I believe. And the liberals, amen, are not going to take it from me. And the woke society are not going to take it from me. I have a firmly held, persuaded belief like old Dr. Luke that I surely believe some things. Hold fast that which is good. Amen. Amen. As you stand, I want you to bow your heads with me. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Man, I tell you, I've enjoyed the Spirit this morning. Amen. I've enjoyed the Spirit of God. Let me tell you something. If the Spirit of God ever comes around, you'll enjoy it if you're saved. It matters what you believe. Now let me ask you a question with every head bowed and every eye closed. Is there one in this auditorium and you say, Preacher, I, I'm not sure. I've really sealed it. I don't believe like you do. I'm not surely believed. I've never settled it with Jesus. Would you slip up your hand just quickly in front of you? Take it down. I'm not sure, Preacher, that I have believed to the saving of the soul. Anybody at all? We wait just a moment. You don't have to raise it high just enough so I can see it. We wait for just a moment. Preacher, I've not believed. I don't have faith like you're talking about. Then I want to move on with the invitation. What's your need this morning? I'm not going to have an altar call. I'm not going to ask you to come up here. It's a full church, and we're trying to get out of here early. But just having said that, I wonder if you'd slip up your hand and say, Preacher, I needed to hear that. Hey, there's some things. God bless you, bless you. My hand's all over the house. I, I needed, there's some things that I need to hang on. Hey, may God bless you. Oh, I needed that, Preacher. I need some things to believe. I, I believe I need a miracle. Hey, God's got a miracle for you. I believe that. Let me tell you something. You say, preacher, I believe every day is a miracle. If you open your eyes in the morning and take your first knowledgeable breath, I believe it's a miracle of God. Some of you in here need a miracle. Your home's in trouble. Your life's in trouble. What I'm going to ask you to do right now, right where you're standing, is give it to Jesus. Don't you bring it to the Baptist church, we can't help you. Don't you bring it to the preacher, I can't help you. I can counsel you, but I can't help you. You bring it to Jesus. Right now, take it to Jesus. I'm going to pray. I'm going to give you one last verse. The Bible says, but these are written, John said, that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And believing you might have life through his name. Praise God. Life. Miraculous life. Miracles in life. You can have it this morning right where you are. I want you to pray with me. Father, as we close the message, I just want to praise you for your presence. 
Lord, we didn't deserve your presence this morning. God, we didn't deserve you to come by and breathe on us with the Holy Spirit of God. I'm glad you breathed the breath of life into our nostrils. I'm glad you breathed the breath of life into the Word of God. It's verbally inspired. Lord, I'm glad you breathed on us a little bit this morning. Oh, God, thank you for coming by. And then, Lord, there's many needs in this church this morning, and I pray for every need. Oh, Lord, been up since daylight praying for this church, for these people as we gathered here. Lord, I just want to keep praying that you'll keep touching us and keep blessing us. Lord, I pray you'd keep your miracles in our church. Don't let us walk around here dead, thinking that God is dead and our faith is dead and the world's dead. Oh, you said in believing we'd have life and in your name. Lord, help us to have life this morning, a joyous life, a victorious life. And I pray you'd give it to us now with all my heart here at Grosses Creek in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.